And we'll be looking in God's Word at 1 Peter chapter 1, as well as 1 Peter chapter 3, to hear the Scripture's teaching on the matter of the focus of preaching and the sacraments. That's the title for the sermon tonight, the focus of preaching and the sacraments. Heidelberg Catechism writers were struggling as to where to address this biblical teaching, the matter of sacraments, and so they spent some time thinking about where this ought to go, and we'll see tonight why they selected this particular place. The Bible's clear that God, excuse me, God uses means to bring us to faith, but we want to recognize also where faith comes from. The Bible's clear that faith comes from the preaching of the Word. And the focus of our faith is not upon sacraments, it's upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who is pictured there in the sacraments, pointing to what He has done. The Bible says that faith comes from the Word preached. We saw that in the call to worship, that God has called us to life through His Word in James 1.18. 1 Peter 1, we hear that that same truth that the word preached is for the strengthening of our faith and our faith is confirmed in the sacraments. Spirit uses the word to bring people uh, to life and the sacraments remind us of what God has done. Peter was writing to those scattered throughout the world, those dealing with the, uh, the challenges of, of life even as we deal with them today. And he was urging the people to live for the Lord in light of the strength of the Word of God, the promises of God, and we want to hear what he has to say by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. First Peter 1, starting in verse 13, this is the Word of God. Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Peter is speaking there of of how they had come through a a history of of various traditions and various uh, practices, and here he says, you were ransomed from that feudal way inherited from your forefathers, the way of of working unto God through uh, those things which were a part of the 
of the heritage of Judaism, and you were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ. That's where the focus is, and the word is that which has been preached, that you might be born again by the Spirit through that living and abiding word of God to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter goes on to encourage his readers, chapter 3, to set apart Christ as Lord. That's the focus of the life of the believer. That's the focus of God's uh, people. To set apart Christ as Lord for our hope for salvation is in Him. And then verse 18 there of 1 Peter chapter 3, we read, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, Why did he do that? That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. This is the word of God. Then looking at Lord's Day 25 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Looking at questions and answers 65 to 68, question 65 asks, is it, by, it is by faith alone that we share in Christ and all his benefits. Where then does that faith come from? The Holy Spirit works it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the Holy Sacraments. What are the sacraments? What are sacraments? Sacraments are visible, holy signs and seals. They were instituted by God so that by our use of them, he might make us understand more clearly the promise of the gospel and seal that promise. And this is God's gospel promise. He grants us forgiveness of sins and eternal life by grace because of Christ's one sacrifice accomplished on the cross. Question 67, are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel and confirms by the holy sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. Question 68, how many sacraments did Christ institute in the New Testament? The answer, two. Holy Baptism, and the Holy Supper. Brothers and sisters, the Bible sets before us how very important it is for us to look to the Word, the importance of the preached Word for the creation of faith and the strengthening of our faith. And it also teaches that the sacraments are to affirm or confirm in us what God has promised At the time of the Reformation, the preaching of the word was under attack. It was seen that in the church, by its practice, that the sacraments was where the action was at. The church was adding sacraments, adding visual signs, believing that this was helpful to those gathered in worship. That the church was the dispenser of grace, the one who was uh, uh, setting us in right standing before God. They began to add to the sacraments which Christ had instituted, thinking that it was 
in their interest of those gathered and in their wisdom, wise to add sacraments for man, for the weakness of man. But the reformers knew this was wrong and they, they knew it had to be addressed. But where in the catechism should it be treated? Well, they decided to deal with the sacraments right on the heels of the teaching on how one is made right with God. We, in the past weeks, we've looked at that. Lord's Day 23 talks about that very issue. Question and answer 60 asks, how are you right with God? Only by true faith in Jesus Christ. And question 65 in our Lord's Day tonight puts that before us as it prepares to speak or to teach on the sacraments. It is by faith alone that we share in Christ and all his benefits. Hearkening back to Lord's Day 23, where it speaks of how we are right with God, it is by faith alone. Where does faith come from? Where does that faith come from? Answer 65 says the Holy Spirit works it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the Holy Sacraments. Now music is wonderful and I appreciate music greatly and to hear the men sing, it is of great help to us to hear that word sung, to remind ourselves of what we need And that is to be in prayer for the Lord's help. And we are to sing together corporately. That is why we come together. Part of the purpose we come together, to encourage one another in song, even as the early church did. The Lord in His wisdom has determined that preaching is that primary means of grace by which our faith is built up. And the sacraments, that secondary means of grace by which our faith is confirmed. Peter says, the good news which I preached to you, that preached word was this, that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the precious blood of Christ was given that you might be ransomed from your sins. That is what he's saying to these believers who are scattered throughout the nations. That is what God says still today as he speaks to believers scattered throughout the world. We are redeemed, ransomed from sin through the precious blood of Christ. That might surprise us that the, as Reformed Christians that the catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism, doesn't have a Lord's Day on preaching particularly since it's such a central part of the worship service. And yet the reason for that, at least insofar as I can determine, is that this was not in question amongst the Protestant reformers. They understood that preaching was central. There was no need to to delineate that, though they come very close to that. They, They speak of it here. Where does that faith come from? The Holy Spirit works it in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and then speaking to the sacraments, which we'll come to. The sacraments was where the confusion was. The authors of the catechism wanted believers to know that the focus of preaching and the sacraments was upon Christ. Listen to those words, question 67. Are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. 
The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel and confirms by the holy sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. That's where our focus is. That's the focus of sacraments. They confirm that. They are not separate to themselves, as we'll see later. This Lord's Day is still important. The Catechism hits on that which is so very important to us and relevant to us. We need the Bible's clear teaching on the centrality and the focus of word and sacrament upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Many today think that they've moved beyond the gospel, beyond uh, preaching. I was thinking about that as I was listening to a podcast this week, all of the topics that are discussed concerning uh, the, the disarray of our culture. And I thought to myself, here I am going to prepare a sermon for Sunday on, the, on preaching in the sacraments. How does that speak to our present moment? Well, it keeps our eyes focused where they need to be focused. (laughs) Upon Christ, who is victorious, who now sits at the right hand of God, as we're going to, to see. Who is reigning and ruling, interceding for us. The message of the gospel seems irrelevant to the world unless we, until we remind them and ourselves that living in these moments... We need the assurance that God is for us in Christ Jesus. He displays that. He he proclaims that in His Word and He displays it in the sacraments. We need to hear that weekly. I, like you, can get discouraged by the news. That is precisely why we need this reminder of looking to the Word, of sitting under the preached Word, where God works, where God creates faith, where we are born again, where we are strengthened as we walk in this world and live in this world. God has given us hope and a future. It doesn't rest in us. What will happen if we don't do this? What will happen if we don't do that? Well, the future has been secured by Christ and His death on the cross for all those who believe. It gives comfort. It gives hope. It gives the ability to love. On the Lord's Day, we step back from the intensity of the world to contemplate God, to see Him for who He is, and to hear His promise for us, which strengthens our faith. Think of the, think of the storyline of, of Peter's uh, epistle here. He's writing to those scattered throughout the nations who are suffering for doing good. Does that not relate to us today? Speaking, living for the truth, and the suffering that goes along with it? It reminded me of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 73 where the the psalmist gathered in the the Lord's uh, house and was reminded after struggling with what he had seen. Let me read those words in Psalm 73 to bring it to mind. He says, As for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue struts through the earth. 
They seek to undermine the design of God to overturn His decrees and His commands and His purposes. Working to do that even down to the youngest of children now through the education system. The psalmist psalmist then says, verse 16, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. When I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. The Word reminds us that the wages of sin is death, that wickedness will be punished, but that those who are in Christ Jesus will be delivered unto everlasting life. He says there, excuse me, in verse 28 then, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. We gather together to hear that, to remember what God has done, to have set before us signs, seals of what God has done. Each moment of life matters. Each moment must be lived with an eye for the bigger picture. We think, what does it have to do with this very moment? It has to do with this very moment and the decisions that we make, how we think of who God is and how He relates to us. Every moment lived with an eye for the bigger picture. God has a plan for His creation. He is going to renew it and He is going to place His beloved there to live and reign forever. He makes that clear through His Word. How will He do that? Through the Lord Jesus Christ, the One who has ransomed us from death. Those who do not believe will suffer eternally in hell. But the good news preached is this, that those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved and shall live with Him forever. Worship must focus on that future and what it means for us now. Churches today, many try many things to seem relevant to the world. Different means of communication. Different messages. But God has given us preaching of the Gospel. The Gospel must be heard. It is His power under the salvation of those who believe. I think about what Jesus said to Martha when she was complaining that Mary was not helping, preparing uh, uh, for the guest. Martha was concerned. Why is she? Tell her to do, to, to do something, to, to help. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen the one thing necessary. And what was that? It was to hear Him. In our busyness, we need to remember that. To listen to the Lord Jesus to listen to God the Father proclaim what He has done for us in Christ by the work of His Spirit. God has also given us the sacraments. Why? Well, that we might see the Gospel. The Catechism sets before us then what we are to understand regarding the sacraments. Now, we're only looking at an introduction here tonight. Question 66 asks, what are sacraments? Sacraments are visible, holy signs and seals. They were instituted by God so that by our use of them, He might make us understand more clearly the promise of the Gospel and seal that promise. 
These are visible signs and seals instituted by God to help us understand what he has done in the sending of his son. Baptism is a picture of God washing us by faith in Christ. He washes us. The Lord's Supper is a picture of what he has done to remove our sin, giving the precious blood of his own son to rescue us from our deserved judgment. Again, leading up to the days of the Reformation, the church had come to attribute power to the sacraments themselves, thinking that, uh, declaring that baptism infused grace and that the Lord's Supper needed to, to be re-offered as though it were a, a sacrament of, of re-atonement, re-sacrificing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the result was that people believed that their faith was given through the church, through her officers, and many believed they're saved by their sacrament keeping. The reformers, those who looked at the word, said, No, indeed, that's not what the, the word teaches. It teaches that these are, are, are signs that point, forward, point to what Christ has done, and that they are to focus us upon him. The writers of the catechism, therefore, made a distinction in their teaching. One was made right with God only by faith in Jesus Christ, not through the church or the sacrament. Well, and some argued in that time, well, doesn't God's Word, uh, isn't it powerful apart from a seal? Isn't it powerful apart from a seal? There is no need for it. And His promises are sure. But the Bible teaches that God gives sign and seal to help us understand what He has done. Gives these sacraments as a reminder that he is for us. As he gave the sign of circumcision to Abraham, as Paul says in Romans 4, to seal what Abraham had by faith. Remember God's uh, uh, encouragement, even in the Old Testament, to King Ahaz. If you remember that story in Isaiah chapter 7, where the prophet comes and says to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. And Ahaz said, I will not. God was not averse to giving a sign in that instance. And the sign was this, that a virgin would conceive and bear a son and he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. God says, this is, this is a picture of what is going to happen. I am going to send my son, the one who is God with you. I will dwell among you. That you might have confidence of deliverance, and that you might see and understand how I am going to do so. The Catechism picks up on this earlier, question and answer 60. How are you right before God? Only by true faith in, we could say, Emmanuel, in God with us, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though my conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against all God's commandments, of never having kept any of them, and of still being inclined toward all evil, nevertheless, without any merit of my own, out of sheer grace, God grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ. As if I had never sinned nor been a sinner, and as if I had been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me. I am to accept this with a believing heart. Pointing to this, that sign, God says, I will show myself powerful among you. I will seal that 
The sacrament points to what I have done. Some years ago, perhaps even decades, no, it is decades now, I studied in the Netherlands, and I was there, and while I was there, I was receiving letters and packages from home, and, and it was just wonderful to receive those, those affirmations of, of the family was thinking about me, saying that they had missed me and that they uh, affirmed their love for me and wondering how things were going. It wasn't that I needed those things to, because I was doubting whether or not they, they loved me, but it was an affirmation again that they were continuing to think about me, and they would send photographs, which would remind me of, of times that we had had together, uh, uh, reminding us of, of things that we had done together, perhaps maybe to make sure I was going to come home again, I don't know. But this, this affirmation of, of, of that bond, that connection that we had, not necessary, but so very affirming. So it is in the sacraments God gives the sacraments as visible signs of what God has done to confirm His love, to make clear that He is for us. We think about them as visible signs of God's love instituted by Christ to assure us that He is for us. We might wish there were more. Christ instituted these two and these two only to be seen, to be administered in public worship for the strengthening of the faith of the body of Christ. Some want every image, every visual to be a means by which they draw closer to God. We think of many visuals, movies, and some will say, I get closer to God on on walks, or I, I get closer to God when I have candles burning or or statues to look at, and we can think of any number of things that are that are seen in certain expressions today. But God has commanded these and these alone to serve, to make the gospel promise more clear. There was a movement some years ago now where there was an emphasis in this church movement to, to visualize our faith, to tell our story, to reimagine the faith that we might go deeper in expressing the faith in ways that were meaningful to us. Be sure, God's word is visual and it tells a story, and that they were right, but it is told and it is visualized in the way that God commands, according to the preached word, and in keeping with the sacraments. We are to learn the path of obedience through faith in Christ as we focus upon Him. As we consider the blessedness of the sacraments, lastly, this evening, what is that blessedness? Well, Question and answer 67 tells us this. Through them, the Holy Spirit assures us that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. Peter says, keep your eyes upon that shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the ransom that has been paid. He says, baptism is that which is a reminder to you of the cleanness that you have before God as Christ has cleansed you, a, giving you a clean conscience before Him as you draw near to Him in faith. That is what we're reminded of. The sacraments don't add to our faith. Being rebaptized doesn't get us closer to God. Celebrating Lord's Supper on a particular Sunday doesn't make that service more holy than on those services where it's not celebrated. 
Sacraments remind us of what we need to be reminded of each week, that our sins have been taken away through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Author of the Belgic Confession says it this way in Article 33, speaking of uh, baptism, or of the sacraments rather. We believe that our good God, mindful of our crudeness and weakness, has ordained sacraments for us to seal His promises in us, to pledge His goodwill and grace toward us, and also to nourish and sustain our faith. He has added these to the word of the gospel to represent better to our external senses both what He enables us to understand by His word and what He does inwardly in our hearts, confirming in us the salvation He imparts to us. God's Word is utterly reliable, for He is faithful in the proclamation, the keeping of covenant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will do what He promises. And He says this, however, in His Word. Listen to My Word. Behold My sacraments. Do not be disbelieving, but believing. Take your conscience, which is grieved perhaps by your sin, And remember what God has promised in Christ and what is seen in the sacrament, baptism in the sacrament of Lord's Supper. When Thomas doubted our Lord, our Lord's resurrection, our Lord came to him and showed Thomas himself. And in the sacraments, we are shown Jesus' person and work. So we would believe that all our sins are forgiven, that we're made forever right with God, and that we've been granted salvation. He washes He forgives and He makes peace with us. The sacraments, God sets a seal upon His promise. The sign signifies what God has done for the believing sinner. In the sacraments, God is not creating relationship with those who partake, but affirming the relationship that exists by faith in His Son. Lord willing, we'll be looking at these sacraments uh, in the weeks to come. Let us ask the Lord to help us understand this introduction now as we go to him in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, as we think upon word and sacrament and the importance that you place upon them in our lives, help us to have right understanding of them. Help us to submit to your word as to how to view the preached word and how to view the sacrament, how they focus us upon Christ who is our our rightness, our righteousness before you. Thank you, Lord, for the sign and the seal in baptism and Lord's Supper. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you stoop to our weakness to speak to us clearly by your Spirit through the Word and the sacrament. May it encourage us even as we go forth into this new week, remembering that you are for us. Hear us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.